and welcome to Subject ACT with me, Hedda Murray. Subject ACT brings you stories from your local Canberra community and beyond, exploring current and community affairs from a curious and informed perspective. And today we're talking about a little acknowledged form of discrimination that brings misery to many of our older Australians. I'm talking about ageism. And one of the worst manifestations of ageism and inequality in our community is elder abuse. Subject ACT marks World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. With me to talk about ageism and elder abuse is Michael Bleasdale, CEO of Atticus, also known as the ACT Disability Aged and Carer Advocacy Service. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Ed. Now, Michael, ageism, put simply, is the stereotyping, prejudice and discrimination against people on the basis of their age. And for many older people, it's an everyday challenge. Elder abuse sits at one end of the ageism spectrum. What are some other consequences of ageism for our community? How do you think it shows itself? Well, I think it manifests itself in the way in which um, many older people in the community do feel marginalised from day-to-day activities. I think it's become incredibly obvious in this time of COVID-19. I mean, it's a very cruel virus that struck us in that it affected older people more than others. That's obviously not a result of discrimination, but it's kind of highlighted the potential for older people to be isolated very much from the rest of the community. And, And I think it's probably just, you know, emphasised what has been there in existence prior to the outbreak, which Mm -hmm. is that people aren't as connected as others in the community for whatever reason. And that's, you know, potentially because they have no family with them. They're on their own. Uh, Public transport might be difficult. They're having difficulty maintaining their home. They don't have access to services, those kinds of things. And, And I think ageism it doesn't really begin when you leave work it 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 um it manifests itself when you reach a certain age because i think one of the the biggest and most prevalent forms of discrimination against older people is actually in the workforce mm-hmm. i think that is it's um a very tough nut for us to crack we've been talking about it for many many years but the statistics don't seem to indicate that we're actually making much progress in that regard. Mm. I guess uh, it shows when people uh, are overlooked for promotion or training, um, those sorts of things. Yeah, I think there is uh, an almost unconscious bias on the part of those who are hiring positions that um, you know that someone who is older doesn't have as much potential or longevity or whatever. As a younger person, look, I guess I'm slightly biased on this, speaking as an older person myself, but that doesn't really make any sense in today's workforce. Um, People do not have careers for life. They move on very quickly, and an older person usually brings with them a wealth of experience from a range of jobs, from a career that spans decades rather than just a handful of years. So there seems to be no rationale. It must be some kind of subconscious and inherent bias on the part of those who are charged with hiring people. Mm. Let's talk a bit about the uh, worst end of the spectrum, which is elder abuse. It's the most harmful manifestation of ageism that we have, I think, in society. Mm. And it's very widespread. I, I understand that it has many faces and that 
currently with the Royal Commission into Aged Care, many people might think of it as something confined to nursing homes, mm -hmm. for example. Yeah. And uh, what we've heard from the Commission is bad enough in itself, but elder abuse runs much deeper in our community than this, doesn't it? Look, it does, unfortunately. And I think, as you said right at the beginning, um, it does have its origins, I think, in ageism. And there is a sense that as, as people get older, they lose their, their value, their worth, their ability to contribute positively to society. And this, um, this impacts on you know, the younger people, including members of their family. And, and that's one of the really unfortunate parts of older person's abuse is that often it takes part within the family. So we, we're really of the view that it's terribly underreported mm. because obviously in some circumstances an older person is very reluctant to to basically report abuse that's being done to them on the part of a um, of a family member. And that's sometimes because they don't want to get that family member in trouble. But it's also because they feel a sense of shame and disappointment. And, mm. uh, you know... It, it, on, in, on top of the abuse that they're suffering, there's that great, you know, emotional stress of it being done to them by a member of the family. Mm. We, we particularly see that taking place in terms of financial abuse, which is very unfortunate. Mm. There's this inheritance in patients that people talk about, the expectation that, the, you know, the person, the, the younger person, the child will be inheriting the estate uh, of the, the older person and because of their own financial circumstances, they become slightly impatient to be able to get that. They might be able to pay their house off or whatever. Mm. And, and there's some dreadful stories about people signing over their title of their house and then being evicted from their house oh, and ending gosh. up homeless, those sorts of things. Take that When that takes place within the family, it, it's devastating on so many fronts. Mm. And there are other forms of uh, elder abuse that are less spoken of that hide in the shadows, such as sexual abuse or physical That's abuse. Definitely, yes. Look, un unfortunately, sexual abuse is a reality uh, amongst older people. Um, there was, at the beginning of this year, a campaign that was started around that uh, to raise awareness of it. Unfortunately, that's possibly on the back burner at the moment due to COVID-19. But um, uh, clearly, you know, if financial abuse, which we're most aware of, even that remains very much in the shadow because it does take place within families. So sexual abuse isn't widely reported, but uh, it certainly is a problem that we're very much aware of. And there needs to be much more awareness of it in the community so that people can start reporting and start preventing and acting on it. Mm. Who's at risk, Michael, of elder abuse? Oh, look, that's a, that's a very good question. I think, um, I mean, clearly, as you said, in the Royal Commission, the stories of people who have been isolated, even though they've been in residential aged care facilities, there's obviously some risk involved. And uh, what we hope from the you know, the outcome of the Royal Commission is that there's going to be many more protocols put in place within uh, formal aged care services to reduce those risks so that people do feel safe and that relatives feel safe. And, uh, you know, I think by and large, the, the providers of residential aged care and, and home-based aged care, they're trying to do the right thing and they will work very hard, I think, to make sure that the kind of things that we saw play out on our television screens don't happen to people. 
But there's always that risk. There's always a risk that when you've got somebody who's entrusted with providing that level of very personal care to a person who's very vulnerable and very frail, there's always that risk. So, you know, we, we just need to be continuously vigilant to make sure that we're choosing the right people to do that very, very important work. And I don't believe we value that kind of work enough, quite mm -hmm. frankly. But there is, of course, then risk uh, people who are isolated in their homes. And as I said before, that's what this outbreak of COVID-19 has really kind of brought to the fore. A number of older people, as you'll be aware, certainly at the outbreak of the, the pandemic, were reluctant to have people coming in and, and providing the care and support to them on a daily basis, which put them at further risk. But I think um, the, the whole notion of isolation is something that we were beginning to address a couple of years ago. Loneliness as being, you know, a bigger killer of people in the community than smoking. Mm. Those sort of statistics coming out. There really needs to be much more of a community effort to ensure that people do not get isolated at home uh, so that people don't end up lonely. Tell me what Atticus is doing in this space. I, I know resources are fairly limited, but how might you be able to help a listener who's concerned about elder abuse? Well, Atticus is a, a provider of advocacy for people, for older people who have uh, are experiencing difficulty in the aged care system or with other issues as well. So we're available for people to ring up uh, who need assistance in sorting out that problem. So it really requires them to recognise that there is a problem and that they need some assistance. Uh, they call us up. We will. Um, give them whatever assistance they might need over the phone if it's able to be sorted out that way. But we do have advocates here who can actually then work with them and for them to be able to sort out whether that be with the my aged care system or with an aged care provider or if they're having difficulty with uh, an enduring power of attorney, those sorts of things. We don't do legal work per se, but uh, a number of issues that we deal with if they do require a lawyer, we're well placed to then um, provide them with some uh, a referral to a legal service and we can still then provide support to them if they're going through a difficult case. Just quickly, do you think, uh, Michael, that Canberra's becoming a more age-friendly city despite our discussion now of the dark side of ageism and elder abuse? Well, I do, and there's a couple of things there. I mean, there is some legislation that, that will be before the Legislative Assembly at some point this year, which is looking at putting some aspects of older person's abuse into the criminal code, and, and we support that um, for older people. We think that um, that will really bring to the fore that some of these things that are being done uh, around financial abuse and other types of abuse. If they're put in the criminal code, that might serve as a major disincentive for people yeah. to start doing it and make them aware that it is an offence um, mm. to be abusive and also to willfully neglect people. On a more positive note, however, there is uh, just recently the release the Age-Friendly City Plan for 2020 to 2024. And that, that's a very positive vision for Canberra in that period of time to to make sure that, that Canberra as a city really works positively to include older people in all aspects of its life. There's a whole range of strategies as part of this 
plan which are aimed at making sure that older people remain safe from abuse, that they're connected and valued, and that they have a range of services available to them which will keep them involved in the life of Canberra. Mm. How can listeners get help if they or someone they know is experiencing elder abuse? Well, you can ring us here directly at Adicat. Our number is 62425060. And I believe you have the the number of the abuse hotline. Yes, I've got a a number, the National Elder Abuse Hotline. It's 1800 Elder Help. That's 1800 353 374. So if you do feel you're experiencing elder abuse or you're concerned about somebody else who may be experiencing abuse, do give that number a call. And I'll put uh, your number, Atticus's number, Michael, and the elder abuse hotline number on our Facebook page. Thank you. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. I've Good been to talk ta- to you. Thank you. I've been talking with Michael Bleasdale, CEO of Atticus, also known as the ACT Disability Aged and Carer Advocacy Service. I'm Heather Murray for Subject ACT. FM, 98.3 in Canberra or streaming online at 2XXFM.org.au.